Welcome to Vitalnomics, the Church Vitality Podcast, a digital arm of the Church Vitality Network. I'm your host, Gary Moritz, and joining me will be today's voices in church revitalization and renewal. This is a place to find spiritual health, active leadership, and finding legacy over longevity. No matter where you are on the revitalization journey, God is writing your story through His church. He's called you to do it. So whatever you do, don't quit. Reach out and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. If you find this episode helpful, share it. If you have some helpful insights on revitalization, let's share them on the show. Now, let's get into today's topic. Well, welcome everybody. Thanks so much for joining us on Vitalnomics. Today, I have a very special guest, somebody that's very dear to me. It is my wife, Jana, and today we're talking about the call to New England. So how are you doing today, Jana? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. Well, this is exciting. This is going to be a series of podcasts that we're going to do, and hopefully it's going to tell the story more of God's story and how he's decided to use us in a powerful way up here in New England. We're going to talk about the call to New England. And so many times I get the question, how did I end up in New England? And I laugh sometimes at that question because that's a pretty complicated question. Uh, This is a question I've been asked many times, and the answer is really not an easy one. You see, I, I didn't choose this for my life, and God had a bigger plan in mind. It all started one morning. So we're going to go a little back to the future. I'm going to take you back to mid-August of 2012 when God interrupted my devotions on a Saturday morning. You see, I was reading the book of Ephesians, and in chapter 5, verse 14, it says, Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. You know, immediately after reading this verse, it seemed out of nowhere, God clearly spoke spoke to me and he said, New England. The crazy thing was, is I started weeping and I found myself crying over lost people I did not know and I've never met. And this was early in the morning and I must have had a really good loud cry going on because Jana heard me and she rushed downstairs in a panic to see if I was okay. And she found me just holding my chest and weeping. And she asked me, are you having a heart attack? I assured her I wasn't. And honestly, I just told her I felt like God was calling us to New England. That's right. I mean, I remember clearly hearing you crying and I it scared me. And so I ran down the stairs and to look at you. And that's when I said, are you you know, are you okay? Are you having a heart attack? You were a hot mess that morning. And, you know, when you said uh, that you believe God had just called you to New England, I was stunned because that it was so far from what I thought I was going to hear from you. And I just remember saying to you like today, like right now, (laughs) (laughs) like right now, like I was stunned. I was confused. But, you know, I just looked at you and I said, look, you've got to pull yourself together. You know, our girls, we have two little girls and I didn't want them to see you like this. And, you know, you started talking to me about this call that you had that you felt after reading this portion of scripture. And, you know, I'm the practical one of the two of us. And I was just like, this is going to have to wait. At this point in our life, it was August and it was actually the day that um, it was back to school day. I was Mm -hmm. a teacher at the time and the girls girls were so excited about uh, the events of the day. Uh, We had a lot to accomplish. So I said, look, 
it's going to have to wait. You know, we're going to have to come back to this conversation uh, later because we just don't have time to deal with it right now. So it was kind of like, pull yourself together. We'll deal with it later. But, you know, throughout that whole day, I couldn't stop thinking about it. It's really all I thought about that day, even though I had a lot going on. Yeah. And you just started kindergarten like teaching. I mean, you made this huge transition from a law firm and then all of a sudden now you're you're dealing with your crazy husband here from God. And now you got two girls and teaching school and full time. And, you know, we really didn't have time to go back to that conversation. And it was kind of like, you know, we dealt with the moment and then kind of put it aside because we had to make some decisions. You know, it was the first week of classes. And really, we just found ourselves exhausted on a a Friday of Labor Day weekend. And so we decided that we were going to head to mom and dad's house, um, your parents' house uh, for that. Who's, you know, they sit on this beautiful piece of property at the time where their missions organization was. And we knew it was a quiet place to get out of Washington, D.C. and the the traffic and everything else that comes with living in D.C. And it was just tucked away in the woods. And we just wanted to be with our family during that time. And so we were exhausted. We were. We were. It was an exhausting week. Um, There was a lot of emotion and everything going through our minds. And so we just kind of decided to get away, get away from everything to kind of process what was happening. Yeah. And so. I remember it was that Saturday morning. I mean, we got in like Friday, somewhere around Friday late. night. Yeah, it was yeah, late. It was really late on Friday night when we when we pulled into my parents' house and we just kind of, you know, rushed in the rushed in the house and, and crashed. And so it was like, it was Saturday morning and I remember I had a, a Skype call um, with the board of directors of the missions organization. I wanted to get up and pray before we entered into that call because I was already a hot mess from the day, a couple of days before and I was trying to process everything. And so I just remember just praying and asking God, God, wh- what do you mean by New England? Where, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? And I just remember just saying, I'll do anything, but I just, I don't get it. Like, what, what are you doing? And so I remember at that moment, God put a name on my heart and I remember my response was like, what the heck? Like, I thought I was losing my mind because the name, it was a, it was a name. I found out later it was a name, but I thought it was a town. I thought it was an area. I thought it was an island. I, I didn't know what was going through my head. And so I started Googling um, the name, but nothing came up. So naturally I figured that I was having some type of ministry mental breakdown, which is possible, <laughs> very yeah. possible. Uh, we were under a tremendous amount of stress just with ministry. Ministry is stressful. So I think both of us kind of had this idea, like, is this a ministry breakdown? Like, are we at a point where, you know, it's it's just kind of all culminated and, and we're kind of losing it, so right. to say. Yeah. And so we, you know, we're, we both work very hard and we're all in. And so it, it easily could have been exhaustion. But I remember getting on that Skype call and I just remember I couldn't get the name out of my head and I was having a hard time focusing and it was just it was really hard so out of nowhere on the call I just kind of blurted out because I couldn't find it on Google and I said hey have any of you guys heard this name and everybody's like no <laughs> and then one pastor spoke up and he says yes he says I know that name he says that's a that was an influential pastor back in the 80s in New England he says who we tried to recruit for a long time and I was just kind of speechless I'm just kind of sitting back and just kind of thinking like what what in the world and so after we finished that call I didn't say much for the rest of the call. I hung up the phone and I was like, God's clearly told me to contact this pastor. And so I remember just asking God, like, well, I don't have his, I don't have his phone number. Like, like, how am I going to find this guy? And 
out of nowhere, you know, th this is where the story kind of gets weird for some people. And so, Jen, I'll let you kind of take over from here because this story kind of gets cool but weird at the same time. I, I remember, you know, you know, you came, I was still asleep. I was asleep. This call was pretty early in the morning and you came in to wake me up and you were just sharing about how you felt as if God was clearly speaking to you to say, call this person, mm. call this person and just tell them your story. But again, I'm the practical one. And I knew before we had any real conversations with anyone that we needed to get our luggage out of the car. We had gotten in <laughs> right. so late the, the yeah. night before that we just kind of took the girls and we put them into bed and we left everything in the car yeah. and just kind of crashed. And so, you know, I said to you, go grab, get, grab the keys and get the suitcases out of the car let's get up get dressed and let's kind of think through this and process this right and you know you went to uh grab the keys they were uh, sitting on the nightstand right by the bed and I remember them, they fell to the floor. When you went to bend down to pick them up off the floor, there were three pieces of paper that happened to be sitting on a shelf in that mm. nightstand right now, right there by the bed. And I, re I remember you pulling them out and, you know, they had coffee stains on them. Like someone had, you know, used them as like a makeshift coaster on the, on the nightstand. And mm. the heading at the top of the paper was New England churches. Yeah. And when, once you looked at it, the fourth name listed was this pastor's name and not only did it have his name but it had his church name his cell phone number beside it you know all the contact information you needed at that time That's and right. it was just like god was answering you yeah. you know you and god were having this battle i think this dialogue yeah, yeah. uh and it, god was clearly telling you gary you need to call him and i'm going to give you everything you need to do it and so i, I remember just being scared you know uh, I still joke around. It's like, you know, calling a girl for the first time. You know, it's like you don't know what to say. You're like, how am I going to position this, you know? And I just remember pacing outside for just hours, just kind of thinking about, okay, I have to get the courage, God. I need yep. the courage to make the call. And it, it was just crazy. And so I finally dialed the number. And honestly, I was praying nobody answered. You know, I was just kind of <laughs> like, I hope this is the wrong number and I can call it a day and enjoy my family. But it wasn't. And so I hear kind of this strong voice answer on the other side. And I remember saying, hello, sir, you don't know me and I don't know you, but God's told me to call you. And so please listen to my story. And uh, I remember um, the pastor patiently listening to me for, you know, about 30 minutes or so and told me his story of how God called him a long time ago. Uh, in the 70s to plant a church in Lunenburg, Massachusetts. And he shared how he had been praying and asking God to send him someone to take over the work that he had felt strongly. And he needed to wait on God and not kind of mark it because that, that failed in the past. And he was just like, okay, I just got to wait on God to for God to call this person to come up here. And so, you know, he did invite me to come up and visit, which I did. But before I left, you know, I I'm one of my traits is just loyalty. And so I had to have a conversation with my my senior pastor, uh, my pastor, your pastor, Jana, yep. he's been in our lives for a long time. And I had to have a conversation with him. That was probably one of the hardest conversations I've had to have. And, and that was, hey, I think God's calling me to like leave D.C. and go up to New England. And um, that was hard. And so my pastor, you know, always taught me that sometimes God calls to see if we're even willing to go. And so he says, hey, you got my blessing. Go up there, see what God's doing. And so I remember going up and I just felt like it wasn't the right fit for me. 
I came back and I was just like, hey, this is just, this church is not the right fit for me. Um, I'm more, I was more edgy, more contemporary. Just my mind was in places that were f- way further along than where the church was. And, you know, I just kind of thanked the pastor and his wife and I had a good time and I, I, I had some fish while I was up here <laughs> and I turned back and I came back to DC and I remember just saying, all right, Jenna, let's go enjoy our, let's go enjoy our Christmas time. And I remember right after that, we took the girls to Disney and um, that's that's kind of where we head and we had a great time and I was yeah. like okay and I didn't think about it anymore after that but then something interesting happened around February of 2013 I just felt God's hand just really come off me and I just no longer felt this joy in what I was doing anymore in DC I, I honestly I was feeling miserable inside and and I think it was the misery of disobedience and for a period of time, I was just unsettled. I, I knew God was telling me to go, but I was saying no. And I, I knew I had to go to New England to work up in New England and possibly even at this church. But I, I knew this church couldn't pay us because they had they were in some financial issues. And so I just couldn't, I didn't really understand what the totality of the financial issues were. I just knew on a surface level. And so I just remember, okay, I, I am going to follow you, God. And I remember just saying, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to put my entire family at risk and we're going to go for your namesake. And if, if this fails, you failed. And I remember having that so clearly that conversation, but I said, before I do that, God, I got to talk to my wife. (laughs) And so I decided to take you out to dinner and break the news to you. (laughs) And I knew, I knew that you were, that you were miserable, that you were not happy. And, you know, a wife knows that. Um, about her husband. I knew you were unsettled. And, you know, when you first came back from Massachusetts, I kind of settled in when you said, no, this isn't for me. I settled in and I said, okay, we're done with this. That was just, you know, some sort of, Mm -hmm. yeah, like we thought maybe it was just a ministry break, but I had settled in to where we were and we went to Disney. We had a great time and I was fine, but (laughs) yet I knew you were not. So, you know, when you took me out to dinner. I mean, I remember I had been waiting to go to this restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was the first time we had been there and I was so excited. And I sat down and I remember I ordered lasagna and <laughs> I had literally put a bite on my fork. And when you said, you know, we're moving to New England, it wasn't like, hey, what do you think about this? It was, you know, we're moving like this is the call. I just remember putting my fork down. I didn't eat anything. And I said to you, it's the worst date ever. It was the worst date ever. It was. And I looked at you and I said, no, I'm not going. And I dug my heels in and I felt physically sick. It was too much. Uh, I remember, you know, thinking I'm comfortable here. You know, the church where we had been, you know, you had been pastoring at and on staff at was my, was my church. Yeah. And I had planned our life right where we were. And, you know, New England was not part of that plan. That's right. And I really struggled. I really had a hard time with this. And I I thought to myself, I'm like, great, this isn't good. You know, I just disappointed my pastor (laughs) for like exposing myself this way. Now my wife hates me. And now my two girls are like, you know, what's going to happen with them? And I I was just like, all right, God, if you're in this, you got to start working on Jenna's heart. You got to, you got to show me, you know, if I messed up, you know, I have a lot of flowers to buy. (laughs) So I just, I was like, God, you got to show yourself. So God was slowly moving and working in my heart. 
I just remember just after that that dinner date, I preached the message. Why don't yeah. you talk about that message a little bit? So we were sitting. It was a Wednesday night, and I remember that. That was back when Wednesday nights you actually did those. Yeah, yeah. and I actually had to run. Uh, something happened with the person that was supposed to be running PowerPoint, I think, and I, I got <laughs> stuck. I had to sit in that seat that night. So here I am. You're preaching, and I'm in the back moving your slides along for you. Yeah, God bless you the know. PowerPoint people. So. <laughs> while you're while you were preaching and that message and I, I was just sitting back there and of course I'm still having a bad attitude in my heart, you know, and I'm hitting return and I'm keeping it going. But on the inside, you know, I wasn't um, in a good frame of mind and where I should have been. And you preached uh, that God was not calling us to be comfortable, mm. that he was actually calling us to be conformable to his will. And they can be direct opposites of each other. And I just, I just started crying back there. And I knew that I was, uh, I was not in God's will. If I was, um, if my will was interfering with what God had called you to do. And, you know, I just asked myself, you know, am I striving to conform to God's will, to what he wants for our lives, or am I pushing and mm. working and planning for what I want for my life? And I, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. And it was, it was that night that I knew that we had, you know, we had to go to New England, even if uh, the church couldn't pay us. And even, and even if I was a Giants fan. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> we were headed to Patriots country. That's right. You know, and. I knew that if this is where God wanted us, we needed to take that step, regardless of whether or not all the details in our mind uh, would fall into place. And this really did, you know, that was the turning point for us that night. And it really did start a chain of, re you know, a chain reaction of events that led us to making a drastic life change. This was a drastic life change for yeah. us. And on July 1st of 2013, you know, we moved to Massachusetts and we both took on staff positions at this church. Yeah. And so from that point on, we um, we still didn't know if like we were supposed to be there. Right. We had so many questions and it was so scary. Everything was so raw in the sense of we're like, we're like, OK, God, now we're in New England. Now what? You know, and so now we're part of this church that, you know, we had to kind of grow into and it was different. Culture was different. Yep. And and I just remember us just hanging on, you know, for two years and kind of going through processes and, and really thinking through like what what does God really want for us? And so God started to show himself, you know, miracle after miracle started to transpire as I was just listening to his voice as we were being obedient. And so after two years, we did a succession. And at that point, um, as we got closer to the succession, obviously, I started to learn more and more about the fiduciary issues at the church and they were huge. Um, and so I remember just saying, okay, you know, I, I didn't understand what bankruptcy meant, but I understood it now. And I remember after two years, me just assuming all fiduciary responsibilities, becoming a lead pastor and really become part of the, the transition of what God started in 1974 on this piece of property. Just seeing miracle after miracle, just getting us to the point where we're at now, which we'll cover in later podcasts. 
But we know that God had his hand on the transition. Yeah. He had his hand on the succession. This is what we would call maybe a revitalization or possibly a resurrection <laughs> yeah. from the very beginning. We are very excited to see what God has done and that he's continuing to do. And we're going to continue to do uh, whatever God calls us to do throughout New England. And so the vision is much bigger than just this church. It's it's about yeah. churches that plant churches and disciples who make disciples. And, you know, the story is not over no. uh, because of the lives that are changing. And chapter by chapter, God is using us as the pen and he's writing the story through our lives. And so we know no matter how hard things get, you know, you and I both, Jenna, we have a resiliency about us where most people would quit. Um, we've been through a lot. We have both have pain files. You know, we both have PhDs in, in pain. And uh, so, <laughs> and uh, you know, but we know that Jesus wins in the end and he's going to be the one that gets the credit for the journey. Yeah. And so, you know, so do you have any like closing thoughts? Because we're going to, we're going to talk more about this. We're going to unpack the story. There's more to the story, obviously, but do you have any closing thoughts maybe for the call of New England? I think just that God, you know, whatever God calls you to do, he prepares you to do. And, you know, I feel, I think with both of us, we didn't feel prepared maybe at the moment of this call. We didn't understand yeah. how it was all going to work out. But I think one of the, you know, the exciting things in this story that we'll share, you know, in the future is all of the different things that God did to prepare us every step of the way, to take care of those details, to confirm. I think a lot of times God calls you to do something, you can second guess yourself midway through or halfway through is this really what God wanted me to do but God confirms it and so I think that's you know whatever he calls you to do he's going to yeah. prepare you for yep absolutely and so those are great words by Jenna Moritz and listen this is just part one part two is going to be coming really soon so stay tuned to Vinylonomics and thanks for listening mm-hmm.